Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about the power of love. And I know that sounds cliche-ish, but we're actually going to dissect it. We're going to dissect why love is so powerful. And it's not just all the spiritual reasons. We're actually going to talk spiritual and we're going to talk scientific. Why love is That's so right. powerful. Isn't that cool? It is really cool. <laughs> you know, Huey Lewis and Celine Dion. I know that's what I was going to say. We we should have, that would have been a good song for today, but we have an even better one. But yes. Celine Dion, The Power of Love would have been yeah. really good for today. Well, but, but Huey Lewis also on Back to the Future, don't mean, need money, don't need fame, don't need no credit card to ride this train. All he needs is the power of love. Yeah. Try going on a train or a bus or a plane and say, hey, I don't have any money, but I got love. It's just not <laughs> it really might not work. work. But we are going to talk about uh, love and its power and why spiritually and scientifically it is uber powerful and how important it is for you and your spouse to keep that power going hot and heavy. Now, before we do, we want to jump into a nice a little, little love song. song. Blessings from Florida, uh, Florida Georgia Line, yes. one of our all-time favorites. So oh. let's, let's share it with the peeps. And you know, I have to give shout out to my good buddy, Brent Whitaker, him and his bride, Lee, in Bluffton, South Carolina. He sent me this song like five or six years ago. And oh, was like, he the first one? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I remember someone sent it to you and we were listening to it all the time. Because Brent knows Thanks, how much guys. I, I like country music and Tori likes country music. So he's like, you guys will love this. So I'm going to play this and I'm going to play a little bit more than normal just because the, fir- the first uh, verse, it goes pretty fast, but just all the words are so awesome. All right, I'm not going to play the, the very beginning, but let's, let's pick it up. I'm going to play the whole first line. First time I met you, knew I never could forget you, girl. You always saw the blue skies pass the rain clouds in my eyes. There's music in your laughter from the floor up to the rafters. You're that happy ever after. I've been after my whole life. That's so it. good. I love it. <laughs> that is such a powerful song. Like, tell me that first that first line just, just doesn't say, all right, yeah, I, I want to be married. <laughs> I want to live the simple life. I got my bride or I got my husband, whichever one, and here I am. I, I got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. It's not hard for me to count my blessings. Nope. So good. I love it. So I want to talk about the power of love um, because it is true that we know that love is powerful. And one of the most powerful reasons why, obviously, if you're a Bible reader, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. God is love. Right. Right. So, if, and God is the ultimate all powerful being and he is love. And when we have God in the mix, that's why Tori and I've always said a healthy marriage is not just between two people. It's between three people, husband, wife, God. And then you bring God into the mix. Yeah. And the beauty of that is that when you couple love with purpose, it brings in uber power. And, yeah. and so we're going to dive into the spiritual, but I want to wait. I want to give Tori an opportunity. She's been, she, she reads all sorts of crazy stuff, but she, she really geeks out on some of the science. Yeah. And so I, I love stuff. it when health nuts start talking about relationships and love. Like to <laughs> me, that's like, yeah. that's my sweet spot. Yeah. I love to learn about nutrition and all the ways to keep our bodies healthy. But then I was, I came across this doctor, Dr. Mark Hyman, and he was talking about the power of love in for your health. Wow. It was really cool. And he, and it got me going on this. He, it's called sociogenomics. Huh. Have you heard of that before? Sociogenomics. I have no idea what that is. It's a neuroscience term. Oh. And it, what it does is it examines how relationships affect your genes. That's crazy to me. It's a whole study of how relationships affect your genes. Wow. Physically affect your genes. Yes. That's crazy. And what they have found is that when you're in a loving, connected relationship, your gene expression changes. Wow. And it works much better. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It, that is so crazy. I remember- It like heals your body. It's healing to your body, literally wow. healing to your body. Um, and I remember um, when we were reading a lot from, um, what's the neuroscientist? Caroline Lee Caroline years Lee, ago, yeah. she talked a lot about just how our, our the way that we heal and our cells are regenerated when we are in a loving relationship mm-hmm. and when we are under the influence of love, everything works beautifully. She's the one that said everything that you do in life is born out of love or fear. Right. Mm-hmm. So choose love. Yeah. She it said heals when your body. she said it's healing to your body and fear, it brings disorder wow. to your body, whereas love brings order. Yeah. And um, so I just thought it was so interesting. This, this guy, Dr. Um, Hyman was talking about it and, um, you know, he said, you know, you can literally see that when, when you're in a bad relationship, it causes inflammation in your genes. That's just crazy. They can literally like, see the inflammation. I'm in a bad relationship. Now my hands are swollen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get my ring off. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So he was just talking about, um, the gene expressions and, so I was, as I'm listening to the, to this and I'm starting to like research it and look into it further. Um, I just started thinking about the verses in the Bible that talk about, you know, um, healing to your bones and yeah. healing to your body and how, and one that came across right away was Proverbs three, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Okay. So something can prolong your years, which means bring length to your, to your life, yes. heal your physical body. But he says you have to keep the command. Yes. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my command in your heart for they will pr- prolong your life. Okay. okay. So what's the command? Okay. Then cross-reference that with John fifteen twelve. Okay. Where Jesus says, this is my commandment that you would love others as I have loved you. <laughs> So, I mean, hey, you want to live a longer life, more healthy life, love people. Yes. Be in I, relationship. It, I mean, I just think that is incredible that keep my commandment. Here's my commandment. Yeah. Love others as I have loved you and you will have a prolonged life. That's crazy. So, 
So if I die, finally neuroscience is catching up with the Bible and saying, yeah, that's actually true. That when you operate out of love, you're at your, your peak performance, you're at your peak health. Yeah. So if I die early, it's not because I don't love you. I think it's because you don't love me. Maybe. Maybe you're just not receiving it. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not receiving. It. That's like power. Like seriously, like just stop and think about that for a second. The Bible has told us: Do you want to live a prolonged life? Obviously, I'm not saying everybody who loves people is going to live forever. I'm not saying that, but the, the, your body can physically experience health by honoring God's commandments. And what's His number one commandment? Love God, love others. Right. Be in relationship. Yeah. And it's so interesting, too, because one of the things he was talking about, he was talking about the power of cuddling and how they're now seeing in neuroscience how it is actually a very powerful way of healing Mm. um, when you cuddle and you have that connection with a loved one um, that they're actually seeing like incredible results. But it just brought me back to when I was in high school, I used to do... Um, kids church with Sue Smith. Sue Smith. Do you remember Sue oh, Smith? She Sue was Smith. one of my favorite human beings. She was amazing. Sue the sweetest S- thing. Sue Smith was so jovial and she was single and she was older, but she was the first lady that I would come in and help out in Sunday school there. This is before Tori and I were ever a thing. Mm-hmm. And she would look at me and she'd look at Tori and she'd look at me and she'd look at Tori. And she's one of the first people that recognized Mm-hmm. I think there might be something here. <laughs> yeah, she did. I love old she picked Sue. up on it. God rest her soul. Yep, She's she passed away, anymore. but she was she was just an amazing woman, and she loved kids. She's yeah. such a heart for kids, and she was a cuddler at the local hospital. And yeah. on the weekends, that's how she spent her weekends cuddling um, preemies yeah. in the NICU. She would just go in there and hold them and rock in a rocking chair. Yeah. For hours and hours and hours. And so as I was listening to this, I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, this thing has, this has been around for years. Obviously they knew years, you know, this was 20 plus years ago that Sue was doing that. And so I was even researching like, what is this whole thing behind cuddling? Why do so many hospitals have cuddlers for babies who are healing? Yeah. And it, and you know, you know, the research is, is clear. Like it's healing to the body when you have, when, when you have somebody cuddling a a baby, an infant that is, is trying to recover, it brings restoration to their cells. It's just incredible what it does. And, um, they call it kangaroo care. Kangaroo. Oh, cause the kangaroo's got the pouch. Yep. Okay. Cause you're keeping that child close. Nice. And, um, so there was a study done. I was reading in the, in times magazine, there was an article about um, that they kind of followed up on these hospitals and these patients that did kangaroo care. Okay. And so there were there are a number of hospitals that did it and a number of hospitals that didn't. And so they followed those babies. Okay. And the babies who had kangaroo care clearly outperformed those who did not have kangaroo care. Oh, wow. This is 10, 20 years later. That's crazy. Yep. So it, it really, it, like the, they were talking about just all the, the hormones that were released, those mm-hmm. healthy hormones that, are, that were re- released through it. Um, their sleep patterns for life were much better than those wow. that didn't have it. Their stress management was clearly higher. Wow. Yeah. It, it really is incredible. So Tor, we need to go cuddle. <laughs> Let's go cuddle. Might be time to, to incorporate a little more cuddle into our yeah. into our routine, into Let's, our healthy um, marriage habits. I mean, we, we do can, cuddle, but you know, maybe maybe even more after reading all this. Yeah, what we need to do is do a podcast where you're sitting on my lap, <laughs> and then my thigh will fall asleep. 
and then everybody will hear a big crash. Yeah. Um, no, I love that. Uh, and, and now what I was thinking about this, we were talking about the power of love and Tori was sharing some of that stuff with me. There was a, there was a story in the Bible that I was reminded of in Genesis 29. And I want to just tease this out for a second because it shows you the power of love. It shows you what can happen inside of a person when you couple love into the mix and you take love and, and blend it with purpose, mm. you know, when you take love and purpose, you know, cause sometimes your love feels like it's growing cold. Like yeah. you, you're, you're, you and your spouse are kind of just in two different lanes doing yeah. your thing. Yeah. You live together. Yeah. You go on, you know, dates when you can and yeah. And all this kind of stuff, but there's really not like that, that real deep, deep connection that maybe you wanted to have at one point. I think oftentimes that means that you have missed out on maybe your purpose together mm. as a couple, because there is a purpose for you both together to serve together. And so um, in Genesis 29, well, we all know about Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And Jacob was the father of the 12, and the 12 were the 12 tribes of Israel. But Jacob, this is back when he was a single guy, and Isaac, his dad, tells him, hey, I need you to go to the land of Haran, H-A-R-A-N, to get a wife, hmm. right? I don't want you to go to the Canaanites. I need you to stay, you know, in a closely associated nationality here. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get a, get a wife. And they didn't have to hire a marriage broker or anything. You know, marriage broker, that's a thing. I never knew that. Let me pause for one second. I was in India with some friends of mine and uh, business partners, and we were sitting in their house, and we had just eaten, and one of the ladies uh, who had made the food came up, and she started asking me questions, and she said, how did you meet your wife? So I explained to him the story. Well, in straight American fashion, I just returned the favor. I said, well, how did you meet your husband? She goes, a marriage broker. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, wait, 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 what? And then they explained to me how many people still to yes. this day in uh, India yeah. will hire a marriage broker. Yeah. Where they find somebody? Is this the the woman that said she that she said that he looked like a bear or something? Oh no, that was a different one. <laughs> I remember but, you telling me that story. She's like, I just looked, and he kind of looked like a bear. She was talking about the so this this particular couple that Tori's talking about. Um, the woman's father got a marriage broker. The marriage broker found a guy, mm -hmm. and she did not see this guy until he was walking down the aisle. And she said all she thought of was that he looked like a That's bear. That's so funny. He looked like a bear. <laughs> that is hysterical. But now, now we heard this secondhand, um, but that couple stayed together for over 50 years of marriage and they were wildly in love. Wow. So it just goes to show you, no matter, you don't have to worry about personality differences, yeah. irreconcilable differences. None of that stuff matters. If you wrap God into the mix and these yeah. people were Christians, yeah. he can do anything. You can even it really marry, is a choice. You can even fall in love wow. with a bear. <laughs> so, but anyway, that just a little side note there, but here, Jacob, he had to go find a wife. And so now he, he's on purpose. So he leaves where he is and he's going to find a wife and he shows up at this well and he says, and, and, and he sees these shepherds coming in and he says, Hey, where are you guys from? And they say, Hey, we're from Haran. And instantly he's like, okay, now this is cool. Like this is, these are the people that I need to discover is there a girl my age, you know, where maybe I can marry? And then they said, uh, and he asked, he said, so is, is Laban, does, is Laban related to you? And Laban was related to his, was, was an uncle of his. And they said, yes. And his daughter, Rachel is coming right now with the sheep. And so, so here Jacob is, he's standing by this well 
And now they hadn't rolled the the rock away from the mouth of the well. And they would typically, back in those days, you know, a well was just a hole in the ground. And they would put a rock over it so nobody would fall into it. And it would take three to four guys to move these rocks. They didn't want to make it light enough to where just one person could move it. Mm. So these rocks were massive. And so Jacob is standing by this. The rock is over the hole of the well. And it says this um, in verse 10 of Genesis 29. It says, when Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of his uncle Laban, and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Now, typically we read a verse like that and we just think, okay, that's cool. So he just watered some sheep. No, no, no. You don't understand. First, Jacob was an indoor guy. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was Jacob and Esau. They were the brothers that were together, and they were the the, the twins. He was the clean shaven. He was the clean shaven. Uh, Esau was the was the outdoors dude who was hairy and strong, you right? Know, and roughneck. Jacob was an indoor pencil pusher. You know, he was probably an accountant or something. But yeah. like Jacob didn't like outdoorsy stuff. So that's first. And second, this rock was massive, right? Big enough, and I got this from commentaries. It was big enough to where three people had to move it. But when he saw her, and that, and there was instant like love coupled with purpose because mm-hmm. he was on purpose. Yeah, it was like he knew. You know, Abraham and Isaac had passed down the covenant promise of God goes with you, Jacob, and from you will issue the star. You know, you'll have as many kids as the stars in, in the heavens. You know, in the sand on the seashore. So it was that covenant promise of God. So there's that purpose. Mm-hmm. Now it's coupled with oh snap, that's the girl that could be my girl. All of a sudden, what was once too heavy for him to move now was lightened to that a point where he could do it. That is the power of love. That's love. Yeah. That's the power of love. Wow. Now, of course, love can't fix everything because the very next verse in verse 11, it said, Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. So no amount of love could change the fact that Rachel had bad breath. <laughs> Why else would he be crying? <laughs> All right, where are we going? Not with good. That? <laughs> I tore. I wanted to see if you like that. You are you like going it. somewhere? Like yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Okay, good, because I'm waiting. I'm going somewhere. Okay, but it really does say, then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. Okay. And that's the whole verse. I mean, okay. just imagine that. You're you're on your wedding day. Yeah. And I come over and kiss you and then start bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Why like, was he crying? Maybe she had bad breath. Tour. So they don't explain this? No, they don't explain it. But. They, they kind of do. Wow. Like, I, I I didn't remember that part. So I was like, why is he crying? Yeah. No, it, it the very next verse says, he told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and her and He's and weeping because he's so, he's so excited to marry her. Yes, you're right. You're right. It had nothing to do with bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> but so it is true that he knew he was on purpose. And now all of a sudden he realizes, okay, this girl, I can actually marry her. Yeah. This is exactly the type of person that my dad said I needed to marry. And now here she is. So then they end up um, going back to Laban's house. And then Laban, as a lot of us know this story, he was a deceiver. He had to teach Jacob some things. And Jacob says to Laban, hey, how long can I work for your daughter? Like, I want to marry your daughter. And Laban goes, give me seven years of hard labor. Mm. And so Jacob did it. And in verse 20, it says, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seem like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. It's like... He had purpose, so it's the, the time went fast. Yeah, th- so that's what I'm saying. Mm. It's like, so Tori explained to us the power of love in terms of a scientific approach to this and how it it literally alters your genes. Mm-hmm. Like it can give you motivation and power and strength when there's love wrapped with purpose inside of you for your spouse, mm. okay? Um, 
And secondly, when you take love and you wrap purpose into it, which is something that you and your spouse can do together. Yeah. Whatever that is right now, it might be you just got young kids and all it is is you two um, making sure that your kids don't die. Which, I mean, what greater purpose than that? Nothing better. Yeah. And so Tori and I, literally, I'd come home from work. We would do our little stuff with the family. And then it was time to get the kids ready for bed. And we, Tori and I were like a team. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a time when the boys were young enough where I would literally jump in the shower. I would do my little shower. And then Tori would strip down the boys, boys, like she'd hand me Trey, you know, I'd, I'd wash him up and then I would hand him out to Tori and Tori would start drying him off while Jake gets in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then could I say what Jake said one day? It would be so funny. I I really don't think it's appropriate for this, but you don't think it's appropriate. Probably not, but let's just keep moving along. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I won't tell you what, maybe one day you come here, Tori and I in a marriage seminar and I'll tell you what Jake asked me one day when we were in the shower. But so I dry Jake off and I hand him to Tori and we got this, just this teamwork thing going, right? That was our purpose. And a lot of times at the end of the night, it's like, we're laying down, we're exhausted, you know, fist bump, Mm -hmm. drift off to sleep. But there was just something real powerful about the fact that we were on the same page. Yeah. Like we just did that together. We just conquered that. Yeah. Like we crushed it. Mm-hmm. And I think that and we have vision for this family that we've, that we've yeah. got here. And I think that, you know, when you're talking about this, I think about my parents, I feel like they have such good vision for their family and that just gives them so much purpose together. And I really think that's why their relationship is as strong as it is today, because they've always had that purpose of before them for them it's you know family really keeping the family together and they plan so much um to get the family together and they they just pour into that together and it really draws them close you know one of the first things that goes when your love grows cold is your sense of purpose Mm. and tort you know we've been at this long enough to where we've seen the couples that drift apart are the ones who their sense of purpose is individual Right. Rather than together. Mm-hmm. You've got, I'm not saying you have to work together, but I am saying right. you have to have things. Something together. Yeah, something together, not to just do in terms of, of working or ministering or whatever you're going to do, but also in playing, having mm-hmm. fun, like do do some hobbies together. Um, but there was one more angle of this that I wanted to bring out because when we look at Jacob, who was able to move a heavy stone, mm-hmm. heavier than what he could ever move, had love not been in the picture. Right. For Jacob doing seven years of hard labor, but it really didn't feel like anything Mm. to him because of his love for her. I think we need to monitor our spouse's energy levels. Mm. I think we need to look at our spouse and see, are they like consistently exhausted? If that's the case, there's a lot of things that play into it, but sometimes all they need is a little love. Mm. You know, all they need is like what you would say. Just um, how energizing love is and how, uh yeah, exactly what we were talking about at the beginning, that it actually repairs your genes and it repairs your body. So it it does have that, it does have that power over your energy. Yeah. It's like, uh, all they need is a little cuddle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All they need is just a little, just reach your hand out, like Mm -hmm. grab the hand. Or maybe just for you to believe in them and to say something, to express your appreciation and to say what, to say what you see in them and call out the man of God that you see that you haven't talked about in a long time. Like they might just need that word of encouragement. Yeah. And and you need to be somebody that your, you, your spouse will want to be around. Mm. You know, if, if you guys always just have your own separate things, it's like, I'm going to read a book, he's going to read a book and then we're just going to do our thing or whatever, but be somebody that your spouse wants to be around. Like, like, I don't know, Tori was always really good about this, making the house really nice 
and and inviting and stuff like that. Obviously, when our kids were were younger, there was still toys, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere on a consistent basis. But you know, come home and there's some nice little country music playing or whatever, and it's, it's trying just, to keep it's an environment, an inviting environment. Yeah, yeah, and so. I just think that, that that love is so incredibly powerful that we have to 100% protect it. And the way to protect it is to make sure that we stay in our sense of purpose together, yeah. like on a team with our spouse. And then you're cultivating healthy marriage habits, you're communicating, you're doing all these things. But that sense of purpose, when it leaves, mm. the love leaves. And yeah. if if that love leaves, then you're going to lack the power that God has created love to be yeah. in your own personal life, in your relationship. So good. So true. That's good. Do you have a recipe? I do. So I've had so many people asking about the sourdough and it is such a a process. I absolutely love, love it. Like now it's become kind of therapy for me. Oh, I love it too. The everybody loves it. It's, um, I love having something fresh and healthy on the counter every single day of the week. You know, I mean, pretty much I'm cooking it once a week and two loaves and it lasts the entire week. And it just feels good to know, like, if Jake comes home and he's starving hungry, he can make a sourdough sandwich and yeah. there's something there for him and he loves them and everybody loves it. So um, a lot of people have been asking me how to make it and it's it's very like um, complicated. It's hard to like, I can't just hand over a recipe because it's it's a lot of steps. So I am going to take this week to put it into a story form on um, Instagram, Jason Tori. So that you guys, if you're interested, a lot of people have reached out and they want to know how to make it. Um, you can just follow the steps and I'll show you exactly how I do it. It is, and it's called, um, the, I think it's like easy sourdough. It really is an easier recipe than most sourdoughs. It's a no need recipe. So you don't have to like, you don't need the dough. You just fold it a few times each, every step, which is like four different steps. So it, it's an easy one compared comparatively speaking. So I, I want to share it with everybody that's been asking. So that's going to be the recipe for this week. Okay. I like that. And that sourdough is below your hair back. Good. Yeah, it really is. Um, so it's going to be an, on the highlight reels in my story. I just started the the beginning process. Is that highlight reel? So, so they can go in and just find the sourdough thing you find, in the highlights. Yeah, in the highlights, find sourdough and it will explain step by step how to yeah, make it. I don't know how that stuff works. In yeah, I couldn't media. do I couldn't do a reel <laughs> on this one because reels are like a minute and a half and definitely not enough time to explain this process. For real? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See guys, I got her to laugh. She didn't laugh at all I my other stuff. I got that one. She didn't laugh I, at all my other stuff. You, you just your facial expression was not was not saying this is a joke. It, it wasn't was, on point. Wasn't. So I was going when I did that verse about Jacob kissing Rachel and he cried. That's the whole verse, and it just was funny to me. It's like when Tim Hawkins, you know, the famous Christian comedian, says his life verse is the one in I forget which Leviticus or something. It says, "I have a painful disease in my loins." <laughs> I looked it up, and it's legit. That's like a verse, a whole verse. Yeah. So anyway. It's your life verse, right? Yeah. No, my <laughs> life verse is Genesis 2, 25, and they were naked and unashamed. Oh, that's your new one. <laughs> well, it's in the Bible. All right. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, and hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's uh, podcast with Stephen and April Stinson. Yeah, that was fun. They're a ton of fun. Tori and I love having couples on our podcast, so... Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but we love the Stinsons <laughs> and we love you and we will see we'll you. We'll see you next week. Next week. Uh, uh, uh.